You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Right. Well, good morning, guys. My name's Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor. If you're new here, glad that you guys are joining us. Um, if you've got a Bible, you can open it up. We're in Psalms 100 this morning. And um, before we get started in that, uh, I want to talk to you about a few announcements this morning. Our kids are off to camp. Uh, how many of you guys got kids at camp? Would you raise your hands? How many kids at camp? All right. Let's celebrate all the volunteers that helped make that happen. Yeah, you know, what's really cool is we have, uh, last year we sent 20 kids in, in this church, and then uh, this year we sent 40 plus kids to camp. So I want to thank you. Yeah, you can celebrate that. That's really great. So uh, the, the church is growing. The kids are, are continually pouring in. We're so excited. I know God's at work uh, in the lives of those young students. And we're so thankful for so many volunteers uh, Jason Lott comes to mind in particular, a guy took off work and he took his vacation days. And, and this is a guy that, that, uh, you know, he came into our church as probably on the initial stages is, is, you know, a lot of guys that come into our church, they're a little hesitant to get involved, a little hesitant to take some steps. Next thing I know, this guy signed up, taking off vacation days, going to camp. I'm so pumped and thrilled about that. It's such, such an encouraging testimony about how God's working in our church. And so, um, if you don't know Jason, he's a great guy. I want to encourage you to get to know him. We've got so many wonderful student workers and, and uh, camp uh, leaders that are on that trip. Um, this morning, I want to uh, remind you as well, um, in, in a couple of weeks, August 12th, we're going to be kicking off a new series uh, just for three weeks and uh, called More Than Parenting Tips. And the idea behind it is a three-week series, and it's that we need more than parenting tips as a parent. We need deep, rooted, biblical truths to guide our kids and to build our family. So there'll be truths for dad, truths for mom, and then truths for grandparenting. And you think, how are you going to preach on grandparenting? Well, the Apostle Paul was a single guy, and he writes on marriage and parenting as well. So I'm going to do my best. I don't know. I've never been a grandparent, but I do know what God's Word has to say about it. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to be jumping into a nine-week series coming up this fall for all of our neighborhood groups to jump into uh, through First Peter. So we've got a great, exciting fall ahead of us, and it's really important for you guys as neighborhood groups. Uh, these are small groups that meet in homes. I want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a neighborhood group, maybe come tonight. I'm going to host a dessert social right here in the chapel area. We're going to have some tables and then I'm going to share with you about starting and strengthening neighborhood groups. We've got about 25 to 30 people already registered. If you haven't registered, just show up. It's okay. Just come on and show up. We'll have a bunch of dessert. I'll be here. Um, it will be a gluten-full um, uh, experience. Uh, it'll probably blow all your diet plans, and it'll be awesome. So you'll be okay. No, we're just going to have some ice cream, and we're going to have a good time this evening doing that 6 to 7.30 right here in the chapel. No need to register, just show up. I'm going to take some time. I want to introduce you to your neighbors tonight. I think we have um, Fireside neighbors coming, Norterra neighbors coming. Uh, we have, I think it's Tremonto and uh, some carefree folks. Uh, Tuesday night, we're going to be inviting a bunch of other folks around the valley that are attending our church. And we're just saying, hey, meet your neighbor and then hear about our plan to establish 
and strengthen neighborhood groups. I think we also have Anthem tonight, don't we? Yeah, don't want to miss Anthem. So um, anyway, the invitation said it all. I might have botched some of the details, but trust me, just show up and it'll be a good time. Okay, last but not least, before we get started uh, this morning in the text, I want to give you an update about our group home project. So we did school supplies. We're doing a back-to-school drive for the kids that are in group homes. And, um, you know, we sent out that email, and by the end of the afternoon, that entire group home list project was filled. So it's already done. So let's go ahead and celebrate that. Um, here's what I want to encourage you to do. The school supplies stuff is over there. You can drop it off in there. Um, even though it's already done, people have registered. What we found as a church, people will register and commit. And what we don't like to do as a staff is to hound people to get their stuff. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. For those of you that you, you, you just have some extra resources to help or a big heart to help, you can write a check to the Hope Offering and just pencil in the memo line, Group Homes. And what that does for us as a staff is anybody that fails to get the stuff, we can run out to the store at the last minute, buy it, and make sure that every one of those 10 girls has everything they need uh, this year. And we're adding to that list, if you make a contribution, to help get ESV study Bibles for the teenagers, so it's a teen version of the study Bible. So if you want to do that, you can do that. Our Hope Offering does that. You've, you, you, can just, uh, you can write Hope Offering slash Group Home if, if you want to do that. Um, so, all right, let's go ahead and um, let me pray, and then we're going to jump into Psalms 100. I want to encourage you to open up your Bible, and uh, if you have one on your phone, or if you need to pick one up in the back, we've got some free uh, ESV Bibles for anybody that needs one. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the richness and the joy of the word of God in our lives. Thank you, God, that every time that we open it up, there is something there for us, some divine appointment to encounter you, the living God, through your living word. So we pray this morning, God, that in every, every season that we find ourselves in, Lord, um, this morning in particular, would you revive and restore and renew uh, through the power of your word and the presence of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and look at Psalms uh, 100. We're going to look at the whole chapter. It's a whole whopping five verses. This morning's title of the message is The Call to Seeing and to Serve the Lord. So how many of you are, are at work and seeing at the same time? Probably not very many of you. Some of you do. That's awesome. Whistle while you work. It's an old saying. The other day I walked into the office and I heard somebody singing in the background. And lo and behold, it was Pastor Craig just singing away in the back of the office. And I was like, this is great. This is great. Um, if I was to do that, it would be a major distraction in our workplace. So I choose not to sing too loud. But look what the psalmist says. We're going to learn about singing and serving the Lord. Uh, for some, it's a wonderful, easy experience to sing. And for some of us, it's much more easy and comfortable for us to serve the Lord. I'm going to advocate to you today that worship is uh, not simply about singing, or not simply about singing, but it also includes serving. 
And so you're going to see in Psalms 100 that the psalmist, when how he defines worship is not simply about singing, it's about serving him too. So let me, let me, let me read Psalms 100. Follow along there in your Bible. The psalmist says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, not just some people, but the whole world, he says. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is good. He is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and, with court, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is to all generations. So answering the question, what is worship? It is simply, uh, is not just simply singing. It includes serving him too. In Romans chapter 12, I'll just paraphrase it for you, but the apostle Paul tells us about worship. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is your whole life that you're giving to God, that you're saying, I want to worship you. I want to make you known. Worship is, is much more than just singing, although it includes singing. Last week, I told you that worship is the goal of our service through ministry and missions. Why do we serve? Why do we encourage people to pick up the blue shirt and serve on a Sunday or to serve at camps? You might mute this for me, Steve. There we go. But the reason why is because we want to make ministry happen. So what's happening, look at this. I look like I got, I got jacked up here. Wow. I picked a super tight shirt. We tend to do that, don't we? What size are you? Oh, you know, I'm a medium. No, you're extra large. Uh, yeah, I thought I was medium. 40's coming fast. So anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the goal of service and ministry and missions? It's worship. Why do we do what we do? Because we want people to worship the Lord. That's why. Those kids, the 40 plus kids, when I see those kids, I say, this is why we do ministry and missions. Because we get to see a whole family and a generation begin to take on a new direction to worship Jesus Christ. Worship is also the fuel of our service and all of our ministry and mission. And what fuels us up. When we come on Sunday, we got to figure it out. Like worship, it's the pep rally for the whole week of ministry in the workplace, ministry in your home, ministry through the church. Like it's the fuel, it's the food that we need. In every missionary effort, you always find missionaries worshiping. When people are going across seas, they're going because their heart is full. My seminary professor used to say, you cannot impart that which you do not possess. You can't make somebody worship Jesus unless you yourself are worshiping Jesus. So for me, I've made it a commitment with you uh, and with the Lord is this, is that I don't ever want to teach. I always say, 
At, at my household, Pastor Ryan's household, I never teach in the pulpit what I haven't first taught at the table in my own home. I don't ever try to tell you to do something that I wouldn't do. I, won't, I don't ever try to tell you something about God's word that I haven't taken and applied to myself. You cannot impart that which you do not possess. You can't do it. Parents, you can't do it. Be self-controlled. Be self-controlled. Then you come back an hour later and your spouse is like, you lost your control. You cannot impart that which you do not possess. Our desire is to see men and women, students in North Valley Community Church to set aside Sundays to serve and to worship Jesus in his church. Some of you are serving on a very regular basis. Some of you, not at all. Um, but here's the good news. I want to encourage you. If you've never served, this would be a great opportunity. You could say, hey, I'll serve once a month. And guess what? Even for the kids, we have this awesome thing called Kids Club. Todd Kehoe and Jerry Kehoe rock that out. And it's a place you can drop off your kids and they have a blast. And unfortunately, sometimes they get into the car on the way home and the parents ask, how was church today? What'd you learn? And they said, Kids Club was awesome. And where they're like, what about the, 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 cla the class? Oh, yeah, 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 that was fun too. We learned about, today they're learning about Jude, you know, in, in the book of Jude. Um, Kids Club is so much fun. But I want to encourage you to start thinking with the mindset at North Valley that Sunday is a holy day. Sunday is a day you set apart to the Lord. And I understand if you're new here and you're thinking, man, I'm just coming here to check it out. That's fine. This is kind of an inside look to see um, what, what, what we're doing. Uh, this fall. But we can't get to where we need to go without a number of new volunteers stepping up. So let me clarify the goal for a moment. We have two goals that we're trying to get done before August 12th so that we can best prepare for ministry this year. Our first goal, I'm going to call it the victory goal, is that we get 20 new volunteers in place. And our miracle goal would be 30 by August 12th. So if you're not a part of already a team, I'd say, will you pray with us to join us at some level, even if it's once a month? Did you know that when you're serving, sometimes it can be just be the beginning of a service and the close of a service? And we got spots for everybody. So at the back of your program, before I'm going to promise I'm getting to the text, those of you intellectualists and everybody else is eager for the message, I'm getting there, hang on. I want to show you, uh, just look at the back of your uh, program and it's this point right here, put it into practice. The big idea is that we worship one and we serve one. And I just want you to text and to let us know what area that you might be interested in. And um, I'm not from Missouri. That area code is from Missouri. Um, but that's uh, free from, we got from Google. And uh, what you can do is you can text in, hey, I'll, I want to explore one area. Kids, these are mission critical spots, kids students, worship arts, which I'm going to highlight a lot this morning, campus prep. This morning, we had a guy. It was really cool. A guy that texted last week said, hey, I'll help out with campus prep, showed up this morning, got his training, and then he's going to come back and he's going to worship second service with us. Um, so we can get you going right away. And then guest services. Uh, that's a great opportunity. We just hired a new staff member onto our team, uh, Derek Ellis, he's an incredible guy. He got a wonderful wife, hung out with him last yesterday afternoon at Cardinals training camp, had a blast. And then here is uh, neighborhood groups. That's tonight, 6 to 7.30. I'm going to talk about starting and strengthening neighborhood groups all throughout 
the North Phoenix area. So I want to encourage you to just let us know. And if it's neighborhood groups, whether you want to serve in one or just attend one, you can come tonight. Okay, so let's ask this question as we, we're going to walk verse by verse through Psalms 100. What does the Bible tell us about how to worship? We're looking at Psalms 100 as our big guide. Um, the how to worship. I made here in my notes stick figures. Because I think through little drawings sometimes. How to worship. Some people, they worship. If you come from a more charismatic or assemblies of God perspective, you think, well, when you worship, you, you got to do this. And if you're not doing this, then maybe you're really not in it. Then you have the more Baptist folks that might be a little on the edge, and they're thinking, well, you worship like this. And then maybe if you come from a Catholic background or Catholic friends or Episcopalian friends, you think, no, you worship like this. Hey, listen, God doesn't really care what you look like. The Bible says that it's all about the heart. And so we got plenty of Catholic friends, plenty of AG friends, Baptist friends that all come in and the beauty and the power of Christ and the centrality of worship is that it unites all people from all tribes, from all nations. And there's so many different expressions of worship outwardly. But the area that I want to probe at this morning is what the psalmist says is about what happens inwardly and it manifests itself through singing. Number one, we need to sing to the Lord. Psalmist says, look in your Bible, make a joyful noise to the Lord. I like that he says noise. I'm glad he didn't say make a joyful pitch perfect note because I'm making noise on Sunday morning. <laughs> Yesterday we were at the training camp and you see these phrases everywhere. It says, you know, uh, make some noise, rise up, Red Sea. You know, like it's making noise. But the psalmist gives us the less musically talented folks, a great joy here. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. That could be, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever it may be, there's a call to worship through singing to the Lord. Singing to the Lord bring, is like therapy for the soul. Going through a hard day, the other day I went through at the very end of the day, I got down on my knees and I just prayed and I tried to sing just a little bit. Singing is our way of expressing our worship and joy of the Lord. He says, make a joyful noise. He continues on and he says, come into his presence with singing. Come into his presence with singing. So years ago when I was in seminary at Dallas Seminary, it was a wonderful experience. I loved it. I studied Bible and theology for three years on a full-time basis, as much as I possibly could. And uh, we had a chapel service. And unfortunately, I don't like how they did it, but they made it mandatory. I don't want it to be made to do anything, but I freely went every time they opened the doors because they would, we would worship. And it would fuel me for the ministry God had called me to, which was actually studying the Bible, studying the Word, studying theology, that's an act of worship too. 
In fact, I'm, I wrote out and I posted on our website this morning or, or yesterday, uh, a couple days ago, um, how students can worship the Lord by being a good student. You've got to broaden your perspective of what worship is. I want to encourage you to check that out, parents, because worship is so broad, so helpful. But make a joyful noise. Come into his presence. Look at verse 4 in your Bible. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless him. Did you know when you come on Sunday morning and you're worshiping, we can come with the mentality, I need to get my worship on. We need to think, I need to give my worship this morning. I, the reason why people walk out of here and feel blessed and feel encouraged is because they've met with the king. They've met with the prince of peace. And when we're giving praise and we're coming with thanksgiving, it's almost, uh, I want to encourage you to think of it as a prerequisite before you come here is that you start thinking in your mind, I'm not telling you you've you got to do this. I'm just telling you this is what God's word has to say, and I think it's a really good idea. But if you could even set aside before you even get here on a Sunday morning, start when you drive into our gates, you're already starting to think, Lord, I'm thankful for this. Lord, I'm grateful for this. Lord, I'm thankful for this. So then when you come into the gates, you've already got filled up in your mind all the things that you're grateful for, all the things that you're thankful for, and then it points back to him. So here's what I want to do. I want to show you this video of a church that you guys might have heard of before that's had an international impact through music in a ministry and missions all around the world. And what I want to show you this morning is that the power of worship and music and singing is a universal language. Check it out. I just feel like the call on my life and on our church's life is to take the message, the most wonderful, powerful message there is, to the world, to as many people as we can, by any means that we can. People are drawn by worship and by music. It's just amazing how far it all reaches. Let's celebrate that. It's fun to see, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, what's so cool is I got some friends that they really didn't have a church home before they got here, and they called me, and they, they uh, said, hey, I just got to call you, Pastor Ryan, and here, listen on the phone, and they put the phone to their children, and they're singing in their bed before they go to bed the songs that they'd learned at North Valley Kids. You know, um, you got to get it, guys. Your worship matters tremendously to the Lord. You will be a healthier person emotionally, spiritually, physically if you worship the Lord because He made you, He loves you, and there's a global thing going on called the local church all around the world, and that's His family. And out of that family comes this high honor and praise for the one who runs the family, that is Jesus. And so in that, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to think about joining a, a team. And um, on a more comical note, just for a moment, I just have to stop for a moment and tell you this. I was at the worship practice the other night, and uh, I, I took a picture of the guys, and um, uh, before, there it is right there. And what you, what you can see is they're, they're actually playing their air instruments right there. So that's the air guitar, that's all that stuff. So awesome. These guys are doing a great job. They're doing a fantastic job. Next week, we're debuting for the very first time the volunteers that are really all serving on, in the worship team. So if you've got a musical gift, we've got a spot for you. I want to encourage you to connect with Joshua after the service. All right, so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Let's look at our Bible. Let's look at verse 2. And uh, the Bible tells us that we need to serve the Lord as an act of worship. Look at verse 2. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. So we're to serve the Lord, we're to sing to the Lord, and serving the Lord is by doing something that may be beneath you, that may be below your pay grade. Jesus served. He said, I came to serve and to give my life. In serving, we're doing something that maybe anybody could do, but it's a service to the Lord. We need CEOs and business leaders doing little things like handing out a program or ushering. Why? Because this is the Lord's house. And it, we're, on, and from God's perspective, on an economic level or educational level, we're all on the same level. Amen? So here's what I'm saying is serving the Lord with gladness. Attitude is everything. Let me give you some pastoral advice about how to be glad and keep a good attitude in serving. I'd say this is not in your notes, but it's this, that you need to serve with the mindset that you're helping. That you say, this is what I even tell our staff, I say, listen, you have to say this on a daily basis if you work for our church. You say, hey, I'm here to help. I believe fundamentally why we are here made into human beings under God's rule and God's reign is that we're to help people. And in helping people, it's reflecting the love of Jesus Christ to the world around us. Pastoral advice to, to serve with gladness when you don't have your joy on, when you're not feeling it, you need to know, you need to say, Lord, I need to serve to help. I need to serve to connect as well. When you're serving, you get the chance to connect with other people on a team. The blue shirts, not everybody has to wear them on a Sunday. This is just a gift for all our volunteers. If you haven't got one, you can pick one up. But when you're serving, you're connecting. 
Some people say that through their neighborhood groups or through their service teams on Sunday morning, that's the best way that they connect. You're also, I want to encourage you from a pastor's standpoint to serve with others like friends or family, especially your spouse. What, how cool is that to serve with your friends or your family? Serve with them. Serve wherever they are. Make it strategic. Serving with gladness. Some of you, I understand it can be a challenge and overwhelming right now in our volunteer culture and our team. I'm concerned as a pastor. I'm concerned because I'm not seeing quite the gladness that I would like to see, and I think I know why. I'll tell you why. Because they're overcommitted right now. We have churches grown, and we have too few volunteers doing too much work, and we need new volunteers. And I have to say to them, hey, I'll do what I can. Let's pray and trust the Lord. So let me paraphrase to you Romans 12, what the Apostle Paul says about the importance of using gifts. You can look there. I wrote the scripture um, reference in your program, but let me paraphrase it for you. In Romans 12, he says, we all have different gifts by God's grace and let's use them. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's exhortation, exhort. If it's giving, give. If it's leadership, lead. And whatever you do, do it with all cheerfulness. So we're to do it with a sense of joy and cheer. Our service is unto the Lord. Years ago, I worked at a, I told you this before, but a, a rafting company, and it was a grind of a job. You didn't get paid a whole lot during my college years, and I decided to write on my life jacket before I had the money to pay for a nice embroidered verse on the back with a permanent marker, Colossians 3.23, which says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart is for working for the Lord, not for men. Make it a mindset that when you're serving, you're doing it really unto the Lord. And we can do that with cheerfulness. Here's the reality. I want, to be, I, want to, I want to connect with you, and I want you to know I can feel the challenge of serving with gladness. So here's my point, is what we feel is often determined by what we know or maybe what we don't know. The psalmist is a genius. He's not only just an artsy, fartsy worship dude or, you know, mystic. He's a deep intellectualist, too. And he helps us to understand that the Bible tells us that knowledge is the basis of our singing and our service. Did you, did you hear that? That actually, knowledge is the basis for our singing and our service. Why do we sing? Because of what we know to be true. Look what the psalmist says, powerfully and beautifully and practically in verse 3. He says, no that the Lord. He is God. So first, no, he's God. Maybe why do you have a hang up on serving with gladness? Do you remember? Do you recall? Do you know that he is God? He's supreme. The psalmist, this has been called an enthronement psalm. It was a psalm to educate, to inform, to encourage as the people of the nation of Israel would come forth into the temple and to worship It's a preparation. It helps them to connect with the Lord. And he says, know that he is God. That's the basis of your singing. That's the basis of your service. Secondly, look what he says, is know that he made us. God made you. Did you know he made you to worship? He made you to serve? The big idea in life is is that we 
glorify God. And by glorifying God, I mean that you're giving honor and praise and showing and sharing the love of Jesus Christ to the world around you. He made us. The psalmist says that he made us. And then he goes further and he says, and know that we are his. He says, we are his people. I can't help but to think of the passage in 1 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Did you know that, that God purchased you? That you are owned. You are owned by the the high king of heaven, for every one of us that have placed our faith in Christ, we were purchased. We were bought at a high price. We were brought into a family. So why serve in ministry? And by ministry, I don't mean that you get a paycheck from the church and you're a professional or that you wear a collar or you have a a reverend in front of your name. I mean that Anybody that engages in serving the Lord is an act of ministry. Why serve in ministry? Let's look at verse 5. Look there in your Bible. It says, For the Lord is good, He is steadfast, His love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. The first is this, is that for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. That's why. That's the first reason as to why we should serve in ministry. So you say, Lord, you're good. You were good yesterday. You're good today. You'll be good tomorrow. His character and nature is always good. Fundamentally, at the foundation of who he is, he's good. And out of that, wellspring. That's how we can serve. That's how we sing. The Lord is good. The Lord's love is everlasting. His love is forever. Knowledge is the basis of our singing and our service. He's good. He's that love is everlasting. And the Lord's faithfulness is to all generations. From beginning to end, He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Why serve in ministry? Because of these things. We can so easily lose sight of these things. For the Lord is good. For His love is everlasting. These are the things that we have to remember in life, through the hard times, through the challenging times, in what we're doing when we're serving at times, it may not feel like a big, important job. Let me tell you a story. A guy comes along, and he, he's walking up on a job site, and he sees that a, a, um, there's a lot of construction going on, and he doesn't really know what's happening on the job site. And he walks up to a group of men, and they're all working on the same thing, and he says to one guy, hey, what are you doing today? And he says, nothing but laying bricks. It's like, well, I guess he doesn't like his job. So he walks around to the other guy. He says, hey, what are you doing today? And he says, I'm uh, constructing a building. Guy goes, wow, okay, this guy's laying bricks. This guy's constructing a building, but they're working on the same thing. The next guy he goes to, he says, hey, what are you working on today? He says, I'm building a church. It's going to have an impact on a community for generation to generation. That's what I'm building. And he's laying bricks. They're all doing the same thing, but they see it in a totally different realm. I want to encourage you to realize that what we do here matters far beyond my life or even yours. From generation to generation, there's a responsibility for the church to move forward and to sing because singing and worshiping even is a witness. 
And and serving fuels ministry and missions. And the big goal of that is that people would know, follow, and love Jesus Christ. I want to invite the worship team to come on up. And we're going to close out our time by focusing in on God's love and faithfulness. Um, I hope that today that you can sense and see uh, the importance of serving and singing. And the foundation of that is our knowledge of who God is. Romans 5, 6 through 9, it says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one scarcely will die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What that tells me is that God's love cares for the weak. God's love cares for the ungodly. God's love is for all generations and that he came for those who were lost. He came for those that are ungodly. He came for those that are weak. And his love permeates and penetrates all of that. And so this morning as we move forward in our time of communion, what I want to encourage you to do as you, as you receive the elements, is re- remember that God's love and faithfulness from generation to generation. Remember the work that Jesus Christ has done on the cross. That we can experience the forgiveness of sin and peace with God through the person of Christ. So the ushers are going to pass out the elements. And as they come around, there's two cups. And in those two cups is juice and bread representing Christ's forgiveness, his blood that was poured out on our behalf and his body that was broken so that we might be healed. So I encourage you, you can take those as you're ready. There'll be scriptures on the screen for you to reflect upon. Use the time as for quietness, prayer, and reflection and remembering God's great love for us. And if you're uncomfortable for any reason taking communion, you can let the elements pass and just use the time to be quiet. We'll continue to worship. So I'll let Joshua and the band go ahead and lead us. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.